Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Christian Noble of Lee University, a three-time NCAA Division II champion and the Division II record holder in the mile, the 3K, and the DMR. Last week at Raleigh Relays, Christian won the 5K in a new personal best of 1324, beating a deep field of pro runners and D1 All-Americans in the process. Christian came on the pod to talk about his mentality as a D2 athlete on a big stage, how he made it through the COVID-19 pandemic, and his plans looking forward as he finishes up his final year of eligibility. I really enjoyed hearing his unique perspective, particularly as we talked about the recruiting process and the lessons we've learned as current and former collegiate runners. Enjoy the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rate and review, five stars if you can. This episode and all the podcasts in the City of Smag Network are brought to you in part by the 2022 Summer of Hayward. You can learn more at cityofsmag.com slash summer of Hayward. Well, welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. Uh, this week we have uh, a great guest, uh, Christian Noble. Welcome. Hey, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, big, big weekend of racing for you. Congrats yeah. on the, the new PR. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's like I raced the 800 the weekend before, ran like 150. And then my coach was like, let's take you to Raleigh. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was totally on board for it. And so I found out the 5k was on Thursday and I was like, ah, I'm not going to be ready for that. by then, like, I don't, I don't think I should go and not run well. He's like, nah, you'll be fine. Like, let's just go and see, like, just go out there and compete and just try and squeeze a PR out. Um, and like, obviously get a qualifier for, for nationals. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll just go in there and compete. And we found out Brian Barraza was pacing for 13.30. So I was like, okay, best case scenario, like I get as close to 13.30 as possible. Um, And then we get on the starting line and they're like, hey, we got two pacers. One group's running 13.20 pace. Brian's running 13.30 pace. Um, So just find find your guy and, uh, you know, good luck. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, gauge how I'm feeling through the first mile off of Brian and then we'll, we'll go from there and um got through the first mile like 420 421 felt pretty good uh kind of matched the gaps that were forming um not really letting that get not letting Brian get away from me and then at 3k I had just moved up right behind Patrick Deaver and I was just uh I just felt really good um, didn't really feel that race from five days ago. And, um, I looked back with, I think three or two laps to go and it was just him and I, and I was like, oh, okay. Like we're doing this right now. Um, and then we ended up closing and like, I closed, I think I closed in like two Oh one, two Oh two. Um, but yeah, I'm no expectations to like win the race. The goal was just to like maybe squeeze a PR out. So that was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It exceeded my expectations a lot. So. Well, that's always better than the opposite, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's better than going there and I guess blow up. So. 
obviously you've got a, a quite the racing resume at this point, but um, does it still feel, I guess, different or has it ever felt different to race pros um, more than just other collegians or is it just, you know, whoever's on the starting line you're going to throw down with? Yeah, it does, I guess for me, it doesn't really matter just because like being division two, I feel like I've got a little bit more to prove. So like, it doesn't really matter if it's division one or, or, or pro runners. I just, the biggest thing, like, especially these last like six months is just like having fun with racing and not putting like too much pressure on who's on the starting line. What if they run? Um, so yeah, I just, it doesn't really matter for me personally. They're all the same. <laughs> So skipping all over the place, but so you just talked about running the eight and um, I, I noticed that of, of your many notable PRs, you have your your mile PR in your uh, Instagram bio. Um, obviously, you're, yeah, I would say not a shabby 5K runner either. Um, so what do you what do you consider yourself uh, in terms of your event specialty? Obviously, you've run the steeplechase, like pretty much everything under the sun at this point. Do you have a specialty are you a miler who's good at the 5k or a 5k runner who's good at the mile i don't know that's that's something my coach and i have been like talking about recently and i don't think like i've really decided or even like i don't even know what my cap in the mile is yet i mean this is like the first year we've even gone all in on the mile and i ran 356 and um I felt like I even had more in me after that race because we went out, I went out in two flat 201 and closed hard. Um, so I, I haven't even been in a race to really go fast. It's just been off of like a tactical race. And then for the 5k, like, like I said, I didn't really plan on running that fast. It just kind of happened um, just like from competing. So I don't know. And I like, I love the steeple too. Like I was three seconds from making the trials last year, which that stung a whole lot watching from home. But, um, I mean, I could see myself jumping in that this season. Um, but we're just trying to like figure out what's going to be the best route for me this season. So, I mean, we've got the 5k covered. I mean, I don't know if that'll make USA's this year, but, um, I know it did last year. So, We'll see. Do you have a Do you have a favorite, if not your strongest, but like one you like to race the most? At the at, at the moment, I'm really enjoying the mile and fifteen hundred. So um, you'll probably see me run a few of those this outdoor season, um, and hopefully try and run some fast times. The last like twelve months has been like record chasing for me. Um, it's just kind of how I've like tried to market myself. Um, since I can't race at division one championships, you know, hmm. it's just a way to stand out. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about the, the kind of unique experience, I guess, of being a division two runner, but just um, in terms of what you prefer in terms of racing style, do you prefer, you know, championship style racing or, you know, trying to go out and, and hit a fast time? Yeah. I mean, I definitely like, that there's a time and place for everything. I, I am very comfortable going out and just pushing from the start. And I'm like, not afraid of a fast pace. Um, I think I can prepare mentally well for that. And then even championship style racing, I'm comfortable leaving it to the last 
400 meters. Um, maybe not at a U.S. level at the moment, but for where I'm at right now, I'm I'm comfortable with where um, I am. I feel like I just have so much left um, in my running. I just I I don't know. I, I feel like I can do both at the moment, but obviously not at the level that um, you know the top U.S. guys are. Do you watch um, whether it's D1 NCAA's or or even U.S. indoors? Do you watch some of those races and think to yourself like, oh, here's where I think I could finish in, in those races, or I think I could win a couple of these races? Yeah, I mean, I I think especially for like the the D1 mile, I think I would have been right in that. Um, especially leaving it to a kick like that, I feel like it could have been right in that 5K maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to think that, but I mean, we'll never know. And and you you obviously you uh you talked about making a name for yourself um the kind of um i guess obvious question moving forward would be what the the next steps are um i i have to imagine you don't really know yet um but uh or can't say i've reached out to a lot of people a lot of people have given me a lot of good advice um i'd say where the most advice has come from is like coaches that i've reached out to talked to a lot of coaches and they all basically has at some point say the same thing whether like you you come here or you go there you need to go to a place that's that you feel is best for you so it's just like wherever wherever i you know choose to go or do i mean it's just what i want to be comfortable with and uh who can get me to that next level do you feel like it's similar to kind of picking a college or if there's is it more of a I have to imagine it's kind of also just more of a wild west because it's not as common a path forward. Yeah, I would say it's somewhat similar to college. College is like I feel like a lot of kids when they get recruited, it's just based off of like times that they've produced at track meets. But I feel like going from college to pro every everyone just says you know everybody's fast you know you're all going to be fast you know if you are having conversations about train pro um a lot of it comes down to marketability and like can you represent the brand well um and are you a good fit i mean coaches don't like you they won't have you on their team if you aren't like if you're an ass on social media then you know, do they really want you representing their team or their brand? So, yeah. Uh, how, um, I guess, how do you feel about that uh, tension um, that, that comes down? You know, I think one way to look at it is at any level, really, you know, it's like there's the brand, quote unquote, part of being a runner. And then there's kind of the you know, the results you deliver um, on paper and that there's always going to be a balance um, between those two things um, and both as an athlete and as an observer of the sport. Um, I guess, where do you feel like your personal balance is and, and where the balance should be? Um, I mean, like personally, I've like tried to market myself. I want to seem like approachable and like when kids see my page or like they see the success just know like you don't have to go to a power five school to run fast and that's you know going back to the recruiting question it's like 
you need to go to a place where you feel like like it meets your needs and if that's a power five school and you want to do that that's totally fine but there's a lot of division two schools division three schools with really good coaches and you can look at the development of some of those athletes even if it's kids who go in the college who run 17 minutes and they're running sub 15 by the end of it i mean that's that's development with it it's you know kids running 15 flat in high school and then running 1330 i mean it's development nonetheless um i feel like personally my coach is amazing at personal uh, uh, development running wise um if you i mean i could list off three or four guys who had prs that were nowhere close to 16 minutes for 5k and now they're running uh, sub 1430 and sub 30 for uh, 10k so um yeah i just i just think it's important to like between the tension of uh having that brand and putting out fast times um i think times are super important and obviously if you don't have the times then you know you're not going to get the contract but like cole hawker he throws down crazy times but his social media presence isn't like insane he does post every once in a while but you mostly see him on like new gen content and that's about it. So it can go both ways. Some people bounce it really well. Yeah. It's definitely a, a challenge, I think. Um, and, and one that it's interesting to, to hear you, um, you know, the, thinking about it really proactively now is like an NCAA athlete, because I think for a lot of folks who do turn pro, that becomes kind of maybe something that you have to think a lot more about as professional than you ever had to competing in college. And so, so it will hopefully serve you well, you know, in the long run that you're, you know, kind of thinking about it now, but yeah, I mean, one of the things I think that's really interesting is, um, you know, the, the development just over your time, in college, you know, you're, you're like, I guess a super senior now is the right term. Um, I, I have to imagine you have like a lot of, you know, there's kids on the team that are, you know, five, six years younger than you. Um, what is that like feeling like, you know, uh, do, do you feel the burden of being a role model? Do you feel like, you know, you, you're, the team is going to be in good shape uh, once you're gone? Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, actually. I've really enjoyed um, the freshmen that we have this year. And I feel like I, yes, I'm their teammate, but I've really tried to like coach them in a sense of like, this is what I wish I knew as a freshman. This is what I wish seniors would have told me about racing or about practice. Um, and a lot of it, I mean, is just by example, like, like showing up early to practice and like doing little things and, um, you know, hopefully like they see that, um, Fortunately, we like we had a freshman that was on our national championship DMR team. And I think that was like a very good experience for him. And I think that will carry him through the next three or four years. He's in college. Um, but yeah, if it's been like yes, teammate, but I've really enjoyed that role model experience um with them. So yeah. yeah do you does it feel weird I guess to, to be you know. yeah um I mean I am you know I'm, I'll be 25 next month and I'm sure people are gonna get really mad that I'm 25 and still in the NCAA but yeah 
I mean, they're 18 and I'll be 25. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. I don't see them much outside of practice unless it's like a team uh, gathering, but it's not crazy weird. I mean, we show up, we run, we tell jokes and uh, we have a good time. So. And obviously, I mean, I don't ever want to be like, you know, I don't think the global pandemic was like a good thing for anyone, but like you obviously kind of came out of that, um, you know, whatever you want to call it year, 18 month period, you know, like a much stronger, faster runner now that it's been, you know, probably at at least a year of of being back to, you know, I guess semi-regular racing. um, How do you look back on that period of your college experience and, you know, how it affected where you are now? It was pretty tough at first. Um, Yeah, I mean, we went like seven or eight months without racing. And then we didn't even know if we were going to have cross that fall. It was like, yeah, you know, we're going to try this, but be prepared for it to not go through. And um, we ended up not having nationals that year. So we only ran through conference. And then that indoor season in 2021 was just like, we're going to do it, but once again, we'll see how this goes. Um, it ended up doing really well. I mean, we were all extremely motivated from uh, a light racing schedule that last year. And I think what we saw last year with everybody just, um, you know, running really well and, you know, that weird mix of D1 cross and D1 track and you seeing teams run track or not run track. Um, I think, I think a lot of people were just super motivated to just get back out there. And, um, I especially was extremely motivated and I was very excited to just get back to racing. Um, and we kind of went on a little bit of an assault on the record books last year, you know, ran like four flat seven fifty one and thirteen thirty seven in 15 days and, uh, broke two DT records and then, uh, won the three and the five that indoor season at NCAAs. So, um, I just feel like the anticipation is what really helped the most. Just like just looking forward to racing again. Cause I mean, that's why, at least for me, that's why I wake up and I run every morning is so I can race. I mean, that's what I love to do. So I think we ever unraveled the mystery of why, why you uh, tend to, you've talked about this in interviews before um, for, for people who aren't aware, but you you've developed quite the reputation of, uh, racing a lot better than you work out, I guess. Um, have we ever, uh, figured out, you know, why exactly that is? Um, we've started to understand a little bit. I mean, kind of going back to your previous question about like, which event kind of suits me best. I think I do really well off of my, like miler training. Um, and that's basically all we've done this indoor season um right now we're kind of in like a reload phase but um i mean that that 5k was off of you know shorter reps and um mile work so i feel like my body responds really well to mile sessions and um i'm actually now doing workouts that correlate with how i'm racing so that's really exciting to kind of like finally see training and racing come together um, and make sense rather than 
I'm working out like a 14 flight guy, but I'm running 1330s. So, um, yeah. Maybe now you're just working out like a 1320 guy and you're going to run 13 flat. I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's, that's the goal at this point, you know. Did, uh, so, um, going back to, uh, the the miler of it all um well so for starters when we're talking mile training like uh, what is what's your like total mileage when you're you're doing that kind of work i'm hitting 60 to 70 at the moment like i mean it's not like a drastic change but we've put more emphasis on like quality over volume and like i saw ben blankenship (laughs) made a big post about that. <laughs> oh yeah. I like I, I resonated with that really. I was like, I feel like that's like kind of like where I'm at right now. Um I'm not saying I won't switch and do more mileage or, you know, I feel like that's how any athlete's gonna grow in our sport is, you know, at some point you have to go up slightly. So I was gonna say if, if you're making a marketing pitch to yourself to pro groups, there's nothing a pro coach loves than a collegiate runner who is not running very much in college. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I have so much more because I've done, been so successful off so little. So I just, I don't know. I just, I'm excited for like the next three to five years of my career, you know, or however long it goes. Um, Cause I, I seriously have no idea like where the ceiling is. Yeah. Um, speaking of the mile though. Uh, so last year for a while, um, your PB was four flat, um, which is, I, I think the most fascinating experience, um, just to, to be so close to the barrier and not get under, unfortunately you've gotten under now. So it's kind of like the rest is history, but in the moment, did you have that moment of panic of like, Oh God, what if this is my, my lifetime PB? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't like, so I did that. And then even this year when I opened up, I ran four flat again. I was like, ah, uh, maybe like, cause we only, we only really set out to try it once at first. And then we're like, ah, uh, we have to do it. Like if I think if I hadn't, if I did break four on that first try this indoor season, the rest of my indoor season would have looked completely different. But because we did more mile sessions and we ran another mile and I ran 359, um, which I found out like apparently I had COVID during that. I tested COVID the next day after that 359. Um, we were like, ah, oh, well, you know, I ran, I ran 359. Really could have run 355. I felt, yeah. I, felt, <laughs> I, felt, I felt awful that day. I don't even know how I did it. Um, so we were like, okay, well, we have to try again at some point. So we just kept doing mile work, mile sessions. And um, yeah, so I just like just fell in love with like, running the mile and um yeah i don't think if i would if i would have broken four if i did break four my indoor season would look way different so did did covid did that fuck up you i mean clearly you had a pretty successful indoor season all things considered did it did that mess up your training at all or was it more like you know lighter symptoms and whatnot yeah i was down pretty bad for like two weeks um like i did like one workout in those two weeks and then i went and ran jdl and ran the DMR on Friday. I split like 402 solo. And I was like, okay, like I feel fine. But I ran the 3K the next day and like I felt good through the mile. And then my body just like 
tanked because like aerobically my lungs just like couldn't do it past a mile. So we were like, okay, sticking to the mile then. Um, but yeah, I mean, then we went to Boston and ran 356 and 750. So after that, my confidence was like way higher than it was after JDL feeling so bad. Um, so yeah, with, a little bit. speaking of, of chips on your shoulders, I, so you ran, if I remember correctly, you ran 356 and like heat, heat like two or three of the, the race. Cause that was the, that was the big Josh Kerr record yeah. attempt. Watched Josh Kerr run 348 and then we stepped on the line and <laughs> that. So it was like, you can't top that. So <laughs> that's a pretty unique uh, experience though, specifically racing at PU of um, these, you know, these like two, three, even four heats where, where guys are going for sub four. Do yeah. you going into that? Like, is it like a relief to be like, Oh, I'm not going to drag down too fast. Or you're kind of like, Hey, like, fuck you. I should be in the top heat. <laughs> I should. Yeah. And you know, I want after the race, we were like, you know, if I was in that first heat, I could have run 354 with the Oregon guys. But I mean, I thought the race I ran was really good. Drew Piazza paced it, um, really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always that what if factor, but I mean, I thought I ran a great race regardless, whether it was heat one or heat two, it, it, it comes down to like race directors. And, um, you know, I've seen some races, I'm not going to say which meets seed the meet horribly. And there's people that I've beaten like that year who have been put ahead of me. Um, I've just been like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Um, and like, we'll email the race director and they'll be like, oh, sorry. Like we can't do anything about it. So, um, it's, it's frustrating, but I feel like it's a really good spot to be in to like prove yourself. And that's what like, I've also tried to do like the last year and a half, two years is prove like I deserve to be up there with everybody else. So does it, is it, I have to imagine it's motivating as well, you know, to get on that starting line and feel like you know, you got that chip on your shoulder. Um, does, was that something that you even imagined would be part of the equation when you chose your college or it was just, you were choosing purely on fit, not at all on, on division. I mean, when I was choosing a, a school, like when I was running in high school, I knew nothing about college running. Like college was even on my radar until like my senior year when I started running fast. Um, I didn't know about Oregon or Colorado or like any of these top schools, um, who have a history with running. It was like, I ran because my dad ran in high school and I had friends that ran. So I ran, um, and I chose Lee because I took a visit and I liked the coach and he offered me a lot of money <laughs> and, uh, I signed, I didn't take any other visits. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was like my recruit, my whole recruiting experience was, uh, one visit. And, uh, I know I, I talked to a few other schools never, that never went out like on another campus visit. Yeah. I think that's honestly one of the, you know, social media gets a bad rap, um, a lot of the time, but I think hopefully one of the kind of positive upsides is, you know, more exposure for, um kids about what that you know what the options are and and the, what the paths to success are because I think you know it goes both ways right it's like you know 
you, you know, little high school Christians, like maybe if you knew more about, you know, like the top tier big name running schools, like that might've changed your decision, but there's also probably a kid out there that, you know, is looking at those schools, but maybe doesn't feel right. And then sees people being really successful at like the D2 level or the D3 level, or even just, you know, um, like there was a, there's a BU guy who ran like nine, nine in the hundred last weekend. And like, just people being able to do that, you know, it's like, I think it open it opens the world up, you know, to kind of hopefully show people that there's like a lot of ways to be successful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I've had kids like even reach out and they're like, I want to go, like, do you have any, any advice for recruiting? And it's like, I'll advocate for division two, but you need to like make the decision, like gather all the information, take five visits, ask the important questions, like how many kids get injured um you know um what does development look like in that first year what's what's my training look like are you a high mileage program like ask these questions these are important but at the end of the day you you know look at the information and just make a decision because um some kids want to chase the clout of power five school and that's fine if that's the experience that you want that is great go get that experience um don't be upset when you don't run fast because um, certain schools don't develop athletes, but they're really good at getting transfers and international athletes who are just really talented. Um, but they're like, I'll advocate with division two and say, I'll, I've even I've even pointed kids in in directions of schools that wasn't Lee and be like, these schools in your region are really good. Like, please go look at these schools. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love it when people ask me that because I feel like I have a lot to, to offer. I have a lot of friends in uh, Power 5 schools, and I've seen their experience, and I've, they've told me their experience, and I can kind of offer up some of that advice. I don't know what that Power 5 Division One experience is, but I can just say, hey, I have friends who told me this. This is what their experience was. Um, so, yeah, I think recruiting is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, and I encourage any high school kid that's wanting to look at the D2, D1, NAI, you know, reach out. I, I respond to literally everybody who reaches out to me. So. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Like I, I definitely did not, like I'm the oldest kid in my family. So like, I didn't even, I feel like I didn't even really know what I did was doing from like a applying to college, <laughs> like perspective, let alone like a getting recruited to run track perspective. Um, and yeah, definitely is one of those things where, again, like the, the information gap, like if you're just, uh, if you don't ask, um, or you don't have the resources, like in your, you know, in your family or in your community to like know a lot about the process, it's, it's very scary. Yeah. I don't know. The thing I always say is like, you know, you hope everybody has like a super successful mm-hmm. collegiate running career, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people don't <laughs> and it's hard and, and running in college is hard and it's not for everybody. And so like the thing I always say is like, not only should you pick a program that's right for you, but pick a school where you would be happy if you didn't run there. Exactly. And I think that's a big piece of it too. Like, um, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's also your degree and your education and just where, and just like the city you're going to live in for four years. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that was a big thing for me. It's like, I applied to a pretty big range of like big and small schools. And it wasn't until like, I literally was on an accepted student visit to a school with 1200 people that I was like, oh no, this is too small. <laughs> like, this is just too, like, not for me, like in terms of um, what I want from a, from a college experience, but um yeah, all that stuff is super important. Yeah, it is. So I just I think kids need to be informed and um the the coaches are gonna show you the flashy things on the visit, but you know, talk to the guys who aren't in the top five. What's that experience look like for you? Um, is it good? Is it bad? Does the coach favor those at the top and forget about those at the bottom? I mean, I just tell yeah. them to ask as many questions as they can. Everyone knows how much all of us in the Sidious Mag family love track and field and how much we enjoy sharing that love with all of you. Well, we've got a few big ideas in the works for the upcoming season, none bigger than we've got planned for Eugene, Oregon this summer. Our Summer of Hayward begins with a Nike Prefontaine Classic on Memorial Day weekend, where the USATF 10,000 meter championships will be held. They'll continue through the USATF Outdoor Championships in late June, which set the rest of Team USA. And then, of course, the main event, the World Athletics Championships, Oregon 22, coming up in mid-July, where we'll be the home team. We'll be there for every big moment, every uh, competition in Hayward Field, and we hope to create some memorable moments of our own in our pre- and post-meet coverage, interviews, analysis, and behind-the-scenes stories with some of track and field's most interesting athletes. Personally, I'm excited to be at the World Championships to see the women's mid-distance events. They're just on such a high level right now. And as a field and track fan, jumps are just so unparalleled right now. We saw in Belgrade that the women's triple jump and the men's pole vault had new world records, and I have a feeling that those records aren't going to last very long. Summer of Hayward will be one to remember, so don't miss out. Be there if you can. Tickets for all events are on sale now, and you can find the information and all of the fan details you need at SidiousMag.com slash Summer of Hayward. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the episode. On a less serious note, uh, are you wearing a hat that says Be Noble? <laughs> yeah, I am. I had a friend that gave that to me. They found it. Where'd at- you get that? Did they make that custom? No, they found it at a golf pro shop um, and they bought it for me. So, yeah. That's a good one. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Only one of the cooler hats I own. So, I was going to say, you got to uh, make t shirts or something for that uh, for, for USA's or NCAA's, <laughs> <laughs> the fan squad. <laughs> yeah, I'll get those printed off and uh, see how many I can sell. Do your, uh, does your, is your family come able to see, come see you race often or? Yeah. Yeah. They've basically committed to like coming to any conference or like championship meet or any big meet. Um, just cause like I'm only going to do it for so long. So mm-hmm. they kind of decided that they would. So it's been awesome though. What's the, what's the sibling set up in your family? I've got two brothers and a sister. I'm the youngest. So it's, Oh, you're the baby. I'm the baby. Yep. <laughs> uh, old, oldest is uh 33 in the family does that mean you're the you're the drama queen who demands attention from everybody 
Yeah. I'm not <laughs> the favorite, but I'm like also the favorite. My sister's got two kids. So like she kind of default is the favorite because of like grandkids. Oh, sure. Like if you take the kids away, I, I think I've got the top spot. Uh, is the rest of your family runners too? Or you were the first, uh, the first runner of the family? Uh, my dad ran in high school. Um, but like even like 1620s, um, which is like really good for. That's pretty fast for back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like their number seven. They had like uh, two foot locker finalists on his team. Um, so they're like pretty good back in the day. Yeah. Jeez. Do you, and you, you wrestled before you ran, right? Yeah. Yeah. I ran, I wrestled in middle school for seventh and eighth grade. I was like super trash. I won once in like two years and it was a forfeit to my own teammate. Um, How, how'd you get into wrestling? Um, like once again, like my friends did it and they're like, Oh, you should like, just come wrestle. Like we get to throw each other around and like fight basically. So I did. And there was like, to this day, if I was built different, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would try and wrestle in college. Wrestling was like one of the most fun experiences for me. Um, as an athlete, I just, I just really enjoyed it. I like it's very like aerobic. If you've never wrestled, like, well, I guess you wouldn't really get it, but it's super strained and you have to like be very fit, obviously to do that. Um, but like wrestling also kind of led me in the running because we did a mile time trial. I think I ran like five something, five O's and wrestling shoes in like the middle of winter in Indiana. And the coach was like, uh, you should probably go run track this spring. Um, that, was, that was very charitable of him to, yeah, to potentially lose you. <laughs> I did it. The, uh, there's like a really funny story with that. But um, I tried running the first two years of high school, got stress fractures. Um, so I didn't really like start until like I ran cross my sophomore year, but like got hurt after that. Um, so I wasn't like really healthy until junior year. What was the what was the funny story behind doing spring track? Was it just the inability to stay healthy or oh I mean like in middle school the coach knew I like I came out for a couple of days and I just like didn't want to do it. Um and like she told me, you know, be a practice this afternoon. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And I like was walking out to the bus and she like ran out and was like, Christian if you get on that bus, you are not going to be on this team. And I literally just like looked at her and like turned around and got on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to do it. I just, I had no interest in running. I just thought that was like ridiculous. So. Yeah, it is. It is funny. Like, I think I always say that there's just kind of two kinds of people and I, I can educate make an educated guess on what the kind of person you are, where there's people who get into it because they love running and there's people who get into it because they love racing. Um, and, yeah. and that's two very different paths to the sport. <laughs> two very different types of people in the sport. So, yeah. Yeah. I played like all, like all the other, like I played baseball and soccer and I swam. Um, and it was like the draw to running was just that I was like good at it over like actually liking running over other sports. So I feel you on that one for sure. <laughs> But I also think it like benefited me because getting into the sport so late, I was like so innocent coming into college. Like I wasn't afraid to push myself. So I think it's just like it's it, it's all played out the way it was supposed to. I have no blissful regrets. ignorance can be yeah. uh, can be a gift. Yeah, they were like 
like my freshman year, I won Raleigh relays in the steeple and, um, coach was like, Oh, I was, that's pretty good. Like, you know, I was like, ah, I don't know. I just came out and race. Like this was fun. Um, so yeah, I just, I think being innocent in the sport is like so beneficial. The rest is history. Keeps you, it keeps you having fun. And I think that's like, at the end of the day, like the way you get good is by having fun doing it. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't understand like the whole, like people who track heart rate and like do all that very analytical side of running. It's like, ah, uh, like I ran seven flat pace today because my legs are tired. Um, there was no thought. It was just like, oh, this is how I ran because this is how I felt. So. That's uh that's, um, you're preaching the choir on that one. My, as my, somebody who has a GPS watch and has Strava and all that shit, like my, uh, my big soapbox is that I think the more technology you invoke, the more you're just training yourself not to listen to your body. Yeah. Um, and, and that really it's a lot of that stuff is a shortcut for like actually being able to assess yourself and to like know how you feel. So yeah. Preaching the choir on that one. Um, but uh, I, I have two important style questions to ask you. Yeah. Um, the first being, I see that you are a, uh, you're a convert to team half tights for track races. Yes. As of, yeah, as of this season, I'm very big on the half tights. Why the switch? Um, it is just like, I just like feel fast when I'm wearing them. And that's like a huge thing. Like mentally, if I'm feeling quick, it's like, it only helps. So, and I just, uh, I feel like I'm like living out the dream of wearing a speed suit in a race. And that's like part of, uh, you know, it's like half of that. And then you can't convince, convince Lee to get a, get a speed suit made for nah, you. Nah, <laughs> that, so that's gonna, that's gonna be a recruiting question for pro groups. You got to ask them if they have a speed suit option. Uh, if they have one, I'd sign immediately probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um and then the other question was just that you you have a uh growing collection of arm tattoos um, <laughs> we uh have this italian restaurant right down the street and they've just got one of those like quarter machines and it, just, <laughs> it spits out tattoos for 50 cents so we bought like 12 of them and like right before i left for indoor nationals we just strapped them all on my right arm just for like just to be funny and kind of take the pressure off of like indoor nationals and just like having fun with it um so yeah i mean it was like they're all gone now obviously you know i might i, <laughs> I might was gonna say is that gonna be a, a pre-race I'm, superstition now is you gotta I, bust them out I, for, I, might uh, add, I might at a future championships start rocking out the temporary tats so a lot of people loved them they thought it was hilarious so what was the best one you had on there for for NCAAs? i had a they were all um, like American flag based tattoos, but I had like a unicorn on my arm, which is just like the cherry on top. So it was like America and then like a little unicorn. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the problem now is that if you actually ever get an actual tattoo, like it's going to have to be either a unicorn or an American flag. <laughs> like you've set the precedent. <laughs> yeah. One day. Oh, I have a tattoo. I just like I oh, mean, like, well, I meant like more tattoos. Yeah. So what is your current tattoo? It's just uh, it says three fifty nine. It's like my first sub four. Oh, U- U.S. number I was for like Americans who broke four. 
Nice. How long after the race did you get that one? Um, I waited like two weeks just so like I made sure a hundred percent that that's the number I was and I didn't like switch because of like other meat results coming in. Um, so yeah. Did you know going into it that that, that was a tattoo you wanted or it was oh, only yeah, after 100%. the race? hundred percent. My dad, I think my dad's going to get the same one. Um, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've seen a few people do it. And I was like, I definitely want to do that. Like, that's cool. Like, that's like a pretty, like, people might think it's like stupid, but, um, I think it's cool. As long as it makes you happy. That's, that's what I mean, it's your body, not theirs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, the last thing I want to ask you before we wrapped up is, uh, the, uh, so, so you're a big Twitter guy, obviously. Um, and, and, uh, I think some of our early interactions were just talking about various, uh, Twitter hot takes uh, in the in the running world. Um, so I, I I guess the question is, uh, where do you uh, as somebody who is you know gaining a following as uh, you know as an athlete, um, do you do you feel the uh, the urge and then the counter urge to like you know fire off the hot takes versus like holding back because I know that's that's my problem most of the time is uh, not tweeting versus tweeting. <laughs> yeah, I've I've really tried um, to not comment on certain things just to like maintain like a certain like I don't want people to like read it and be like and like shy brands away or anything. Um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally, but total respect to those who just <laughs> take to social media and like you know type out the hot takes i just i've i feel like i live through y'all who do that and i <laughs> i'm totally content with that do you do you read the 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 message boards see what people are, are saying about the d2 guys on there or do you stay away from that shit on uh like let's run yeah oh dude they hate us <laughs> they absolutely hate us why do they hate you? What's the, what's there to hate? You think that they would like, you know, the, the populist element of it, but. No, I don't think so. Like someone accused me of taking drugs last year, like, like performance enhancing drugs. So I think if any D2 guy like sees success, it's like a fluke or they're too old or they're cheating. So. <laughs> my roommates like yeah you should like stay away from the message boards like like 90 percent of it's crap 10 percent of it's like decent but like i'll like even like after this weekend like on the drive home i was like scrolling through i was like please don't be saying anything bad about me <laughs> like after beating like that field that i beat i was like i hope no one like really tears me apart and like there wasn't anything terrible thankfully but like yeah, I think it's, I mostly just think it's hilarious because, like, I really don't care. It's just, like, it's more of, like, humor to me. It's, uh, if they're, if they're mad at you, you're doing something right. That's at least the attitude that I take. Publicity is publicity. I mean, if people are talking about me, then, you know. But uh, especially, especially as an athlete, you should not have to think about that at all. Yeah, um, I probably should stay off of it, but, like, I just think it's funny most of the time. As long as you're able to uh, find the humor in it, I think that's... Oh, uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, as we wrap it up with the the same three questions, actually, the first one is, is appropriate since it's internet-focused, but, uh, 
your your Instagram crush these days. Um, if you're if there's something on the internet you're into, internet can be uh, you know Instagram, TikTok, whatever. If you want to shoot your shot at like uh, you know somebody you think is cute, you can do that, but you don't have to. I'm definitely not gonna shoot my shot because I don't think I could. But uh... that means you should. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think i really have like a crush like i have a cat and like i love watching cat videos so i guess like i crush on cat videos i don't know yeah no that's no that is that is fully within the umbrella of the the instagram crush yeah cat tiktoks is absolutely acceptable answer that question so (laughs) do you make tiktoks of your cat no (laughs) no i don't have like drafts or anything it just I'm just a simple scroller. <laughs> um, the next question is your your go-to karaoke song. It's your time to shine. What are you singing? Um, probably Fireflies by Owl City. <laughs> I know it's like a super hated song, but uh, big fan. No, that's a great answer because I think that that's one of those songs that if you if you put it on karaoke, everyone would like roll their eyes, but then would be super into it yeah <laughs> and uh la- last but not least your death row meal you're going to the chair what are you eating before your one last meal probably like a crawfish boil like a nice like southern baton rouge crawfish boil that uh yeah that's the very southern that's about it <laughs> is that that's uh was that spring break this year's uh Going, going down to New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Well, that'd be fun, though. Our spring break fell the week of Indoor Nationals, so I had to stay in town. Oh, that's really... less fun, probably. I know. It was fun, but less fun. Do you have Louisiana roots, or are you just, just a big yeah, fan of the crawfish? Roommate, my roommate's from Louisiana, and uh, we had a crawfish thing a couple times. Cajun food is good. I can it understand is. it. It's pretty tough, <laughs> so. Well, uh, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for the chat. This was a great episode. We, uh, we covered a lot of, a lot of wide ranging topics. Um, yeah. but yeah, best of luck with the outdoor season. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, hopefully it's a long one, uh, last all summer. <laughs> um, and until next time, this has been run your mouth. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You would not believe-